Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. You know, I I know what you're thinking. You're looking at the title of today's podcast, Lessons from Eating Popcorn, the perfect comfort food. And you're thinking, what the heck does this have to do with HRNOD? Well, Joyce and I use this food metaphor to describe exactly what's needed in today's workplace, where people need to find comfort, respite, and meaningful work against the backdrop of a dispirited and otherwise confused world. You know, we've been through a lot these last two years. You don't need to look any further than the great resignation as evidence to know that many of us are trying to figure out what do we need going forward to be fulfilled and satisfied. You know, it's a messy process and we're all collectively going through it, but it's such a worthwhile endeavor. So that's at the heart of today's conversation. Uh, We look at it through a couple of lenses. Uh, We wanted to provide ideas for leaders on how they best navigate in these turbulent times. Uh, We have, uh, we're offering some strategies to thrive in chaos and loss. uh, And then uh, probably most importantly, the power of asking the right question to the right audience to find the path forward. So I'll be honest, this is, I got another food metaphor. This is a spaghetti session where we throw a lot on the proverbial wall to see what sticks. So come in, grab a snack, preferably popcorn. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I hope we we have listeners where it's evening and you're having a glass of wine. If not, enjoy your coffee, enjoy your popcorn. Oh my gosh. You know how this saying about... um, then the student is ready, the teacher appears. Oh, sure. Well, on Saturday, I think, I was lonely. And I, and I popped popcorn, right? Fresh, yeah. homemade. And I said, I'm going to have that. That's a comforting food. And in walked my son who lives nearby and his wife and his grand and my granddaughter because they'd gotten locked out of their house. And we sat and, and enjoyed fresh popcorn, which I swear my granddaughter had never had. You know, she only had little laddies. She said, oh, it's hot and it's warm. And it's... so I'm, I'm laughing about, you know, when the popcorn is ready, the right people appear. Don't ask oh, you. that's a great story. <laughs> it was great. And I hadn't sat down with the three of them in a casual moment for a long time. And we sat and talked and laughed for an hour and a half. So that's my little sparkly story. Well, um, what, what's interesting, if uh, there's, uh, I think, a moral to uh, that story yeah. is uh, you said the reason they even came is because they locked themselves out of their house. Yeah. Well, if you think about the event of not being getting in your house, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's bad. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, it was cold like, outside. Yeah. Uh, that's right. We're in Maine. And. Uh, the fact that that the wonderful uh, moments that you had uh, with the popcorn and them came out of that just goes to show that uh, whenever a situation appears or something happens that we automatically assume that it's bad, uh, it can be both bad and good. Right. We just don't know. And I loved my little seven-year-old was that she said, you know, I feel kind of this feels so cozy and safe and it felt so cold and she was very scared about being locked out. Sure. So it was very sweet. So here's something I've been thinking on that I hesitated to bring up because 
I assume that listeners want answers. And, and in my heart, I know that's not true. It's my head that says that. So I want to explore a conundrum. I hope that's a real word. And here's what I've been thinking. That we've talked about the previous way of leading and, and running a large company which had grown some from command and control, certainly, but it still tightness was good, being there was good. Um, it certainly was an old fashioned paradigm. And there's something called script, which is, uh, oh, comes from old psychologists, but anyway, and there's counter script. And neither one is the real authentic middle path. So and uh, I think that we are very much in counterscript and it's needed, but it's mental health, it's empathy, it's sympathy, um, some of the softer human interactions. And I was thinking about what does a company need to be? Because a leader alone going around saying, how's your day? How are you doing? I know this is hard and we've done all that. Yeah. But um, from a company point of view, people want, I think people wanna do hard, important work. Certainly uh, the health field does that now and they're exhausted from it, but people want to do hard work that has purpose, that they can be proud of, either the company's product or the pride in the company. Um, they want some degree of stability. They want, if not security, fairness. Yeah. But there is real pleasure in meeting the demand of hard work. And even as I say that, that's different than being in, in continual crisis. And then, so that's my dilemma. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about and can't resolve. Yeah, I, um, I'm not even going to begin to think that I can solve it. Uh, I think it's a great topic because you're right. I mean, my observations, our podcasts, a lot of it has been about a shift from that rigid, old way of being into this more adaptable, flexible, open mm -hmm. way of being. Um, you know, leaders uh, uh, no, no longer can use power to get uh, their will asserted. Mm -hmm. uh, they, need to they need to influence um, and uh, use soft persuasion. And uh, I think uh, much like being locked out of your house uh, is really neither good nor bad, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think either one of those uh, tail continuums of a way an organization shows up, neither one of them are either right or wrong. However, uh, what, what is, <laughs> who knew we were gonna build a conversation on popcorn? What, <laughs> what the warm popcorn was, was a respite and was a, an island of I'm gonna be okayness. Mm. And 
so I'm saying, yes, people love hard work and the pride, you know, in the beginning of the COVID, the pride and the demand and the work. Uh, and now how do we build in? We're going to live for a while in continuous crisis. I think, how do you build in respite in a real way that isn't just um, empathic or sympathetic one-on-one? -on -one? That's a, I, you know, for me, that's human development. We all should carry many qualities. And in fact, I think you and I talk a lot about fully human leadership. So what is, how do you, right now, right now, how can a large organization, dispirited, scattered, confused, sick of work you don't want to do? <laughs> Anyhow, what's the respite? What's, where, where is there re-energizing? Where is there all the people who have walked off the job? Where do they go to warm their hands to get ready for another phase of work? Work is. Yeah. And it, can, it may be entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, but for those who fantasize about that independence and the fun of owning your own business, whoa, mama. It's lonely and it's hard. And it's grinding day by day. And it's and grinding. If you're crazy and yeah. And only a third of new businesses uh, survive. So you're right. Um, let me throw this out to you. And, and this may be way off the mark. So I'm okay with you there just is no dismissing mark. it. There is no there mark. There is no mark. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it's just respite. Uh, when I think respite, uh, I think it's a little bit of a paradox uh, because in a world that's in chaos and all the uncertainty, um, having uh, a, a, a role within an organization that nourishes uh, both your uh, psychological okay. and your intellectual. Yeah, I, I think that oftentimes the oasis, if you will, is in finding meaningful work. Um, I think about when work worked best, it was typically when I was all in um, and it typically happened around some kind of galvanizing force that the company mm -hmm. was in at that moment. So- And it could have been good working. or bad. We had some large meetings oh, yeah. that were very galvanizing. We had hurricanes galore. We had ice storms. Yeah. Um, how do you factor exhaustion into that? Oh, you know, hand to the fire yeah, too long. It, 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 I, I, it was almost um, uh, the words that came out of my mouth most when I've been consulting with companies throughout this pandemic, mm -hmm. and that is to cut people slack. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I know that may be. Uh, uh, the opposite of wanting to drive a business during a pandemic, but whether it be lifestyle considerations that you and I have talked about, uh, whether it be uh, perhaps dips in performance, um, I think we've just got to universally cut each other slack um, given what we've been through. That may sound impractical, no, it doesn't uh, sound impractical. I'm trying to think what does 
Slack look like? And I, I have this image in my head. I'm wanting to take all the people who have escaped from the prison of work <laughs> um, and somehow do more connecting, bringing them together. Yeah. I want to bring like 48,000 people together and say <laughs> individually, what is your passion in life? How do you apply that to work and making enough money? Okay, get together in groups where there's commonality and form your support group and form your passion and form your action and maybe you'll end up in business together. But I want to not uh, have quite as much drift because it's a waste of life. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, Freud said work and love are it. And I think that's true. There, so that's my, can wanna do that? Well, should we bring together thundering hordes? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. You know, I, I, um, I think uh, I'm gonna use a metaphor that may seem uh, out of place. But if I look at most of us today, workers, uh, parents, uh, kids, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, people that are on the front line, whether it be in a hospital or in a supermarket, we're, we're all a little hurting. Mm. Uh, and we're uh, perhaps even a little bit lost and disoriented. And so my metaphor is, um, you know, I, I've always uh, uh, have appreciated in a hospital setting, when either the attending nurse, they change shifts. And the first thing uh, that the, uh, the, the oncoming nurse does is has a conversation with the patient. Mm, it's like, so how day. are you doing? Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. Uh, the dark yeah. side of this story. Yeah. But if, if I think about what a nurse or a, a attending physician does, they come in and they assess the patient. Uh, you know, how are you doing? What do we need to do today? Do we bring in therapy? How do you feel about your meds? And I, I'm, I, I'm not saying that, that leaders should do this, but in a sense, what they should do is be able to take every day and examine perhaps what is it that this organization or the people that I'm uh, in touch with, the people that I'm in front of what do they need right now to be at their best right now? I think that's great, period. And do they, and I think they do, that needs to be done How would you do that? Assuming you can't do it individually and I'm saying there's the power yeah. of group energy. How do you bring people together and ask them that question and then say, and how can we design a way that all of you can nurture one another? Yeah. I, I, Is that that you're going to stand in for somebody and do twice your, the demand of your day so they can go breathe? Um, I would love to ask that question. Assuming you're a community of workers. Yeah. yeah. So I have one intervention and we talked about it before. So let's say you're, you're in the heat of the battle, you know, whatever that is mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. your organization. And mm -hmm. in our case, talking today, it's about everything that's happened in the world the last two years. Um, 
what I found to be very informative is uh, to take a vertical slice. So if you're a small organization of 50, you bring uh, you know, eight people together to have a conversation and typically try to make sure they're from different departments, different yes, levels of the company. Get it as representative balance. as you can, yeah. And, and it's almost like doing a daily temperature check, but maybe mm-hmm. to do that weekly, to be able to say, how's it going? With you know, different how people. are you being supported? With different people. Yeah, different vertical slice yeah. uh, every week. Um, and then, yeah, and, can you and do then that? Take, take some ideas, because I'm remembering when we did um, town meetings, which we can talk about yeah. later, but we would say, what's working? What isn't working? We'd tease out the themes, and then we'd put people together to say, so fix what isn't working. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us how yeah. to fix it. I, I think throwing the design work back to the people of the company is the right thing. And I call it design work because it's more yeah. than sympathy. It's more than uh, you want to hear the whole picture, but it's not a, I don't want to use the word pity party. We have to take it from the individual level to the yeah. large level of what would work, how, we, how what's needed, how are you doing, what's needed, design how we can help, design how you can help one another. Um, and I saw, I can't remember what CEO, but was worried about having individual orphans out yeah. there, um, which struck me kind of funny because I don't think people who are out there are feeling like orphans, do you? No. I think they're feeling like, oh, I've got, I'm taking in other parts of my life a little more than I was. Yeah, they feel empowered and in control yeah. in many respects. Yeah, so I think, you know, they're feeling like, oh, those poor people, they're not in the building. <laughs> but, you know, and so if I were to go back to where our conversation started, so, you know, there's the, uh, the old school uh, rigidity, yeah. top down, uh, uh, and then we, we talked about the other end of the continuum of Which is highly individual. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it, it, whatever way you do your data uh, and exploration and your data gathering, I think that in many respects determines where you need to be on that continuum, given what you've heard or what the the people have told you they need and also not to be constrained by a straight line continuum yeah yeah you know there have been times uh and and i think about my own leadership experience there have been times when i've wanted to be small d democracy let's make this a collective decision let's set this goal and you know what there were times when everyone would look at me at these meetings say you're the boss you make the call yeah you know, so th- they were saying, you know, we can talk about this for three hours, but chances are you got a number in your head. Get it out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. OK. Um, Which is you? hard. Rigid. Did you? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. that's, that's manipulation. Well, tell me more. If you know what you want and that you're going to do and you ask for input and uh, co-designing, I agree. Why would 
I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to be cynical. Yeah, you know, it kind of came out that way. Um, Yeah. So thank you for calling me out. Um, Right. (laughs) I've been called out today once. It's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fun. Well, here's the distinction. So what what I meant uh, versus perhaps the way it came out, we, we were all sitting in a circle. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was sitting in the center of the circle or outside the circle. I was in the circle with right. my d- district managers and directors. And so I do. I mean, I have a voice that says, I think we could be looking at this. So it wasn't like I had the answer. Okay. Uh, you know, it was more a respectful, like, you know, we, we trust you a lot. What is your thinking? Right. Um, and, and, I, and I know and, that I do. Absolutely know that that's in your DNA. Yeah. Do it that way. So, um, but it was when you, it's a great moment to say, when you bring people together, don't have an answer if you're wanting collaboration. I just had a discussion this morning with someone who said, who was told they needed to collaborate more. And the person said, I hate collaboration. (laughs) And then, so I said, well then pretend to pretend you like it, (laughs) which was a crazy answer. But I said, try, you know, sort of like try it. But anyhow, um, it has to be sincere. You can't, yeah, you have to mean it. Um, Yeah. The other thing is, I I know of two companies that are doing great bringing together of their people on Zoom. And I mean, up to 2,000 at a time, you just need a lot of screens. And you can teach, interact, and play. One large company um, has, they have played bingo. There's some way they do it. I don't know the, the logistics. They play bingo every Friday. And they have prizes, <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing from all over, all over the place, and they're playing bingo, and that's what is holding them. It's not even the goals or the pride. It's just like, let's come together around the darn popcorn. Yeah, I mean, there's the yin and yang of working from home, and you know the the appeal of being close to family and feeling that you have some freedom. Uh, and at the same time, there's kind of a yearning for a community and getting connected. So um, early in the pandemic, I was asked a lot, so how do we deal with this Zoom? It feels like such an interference or mm. inferior way of communicating. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, that's a perspective. Uh, how about if you flip it? And I'm not, I don't have Zoom stock, but how do you flip it to say, how can we leverage it? And bingo games and uh, popcorn uh, circles are a way you can do that. And when they, and when humans are scattered all over the various planets, planets we go yeah. to live on, <laughs> well, it's going to become, I, I find it totally natural. But anyhow, there was that element of connecting through play and forgetting the building. Yeah. And you described people at home are saying, great, I have more, a little more free time. And like the homeschoolers that I know get all their work done in two hours. Hmm. So what was the rest of the day spent <laughs> in school? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, there's equal number of people who are saying, get me back to work. Yeah. Get me out of this crazy situation. That, and I want my desk. I want order. I want, yeah. And, you know, that's a perfect example where 
um, rigidity isn't going to work. No, because needs are so uh, uh, individualized uh, and personal. And what um, I love is a colleague of ours that we've been in touch with used a term intentional flexibility. Yeah, and to that, me that's well, the that's the design basis. Yeah, how do we create well, intentional flexibility that works for our people and our business? Ta-da! Yeah, no, I uh, that when I heard you say that, I was thinking that's one. A variation of that is cutting people slack, you know, where you kind of ignore the rules that are in a policy book uh, right. uh, or in a benefit, and you just, you know, you, you kind of create some flexibility. Cool. So we've got a few more minutes. Uh, I, I don't know why I feel need to land the plane. We never land the plane, do we? Well, I think, or, we, yes, I think we have been landing it, but let's underline it. Darling, let's okay. underline it. <laughs> oh. So, so one is people love hard work when it's good, has purpose and collegiality and uh, you feel you're fairly treated and you respect the leader. It's a good thing. Love and work matter. Yeah. Your turn. Well, I think of the chaos equals opportunity. Uh, another would be oftentimes when work works uh, best is when things aren't going well, uh, whether it be the hurricanes we talked about last week. And so uh, this isn't a, a, a remedy for when things are going well, how do you ride the wave only? It's also, how do I galvanize given uh, what we're all collectively facing? And there's an X factor at work of pure exhaustion. So how mm. do we, and burnout, how do we create intentionally designed respite? Okay. Yeah. And um, never assume that you know what's happening in the organization. I'm actually talking to the leadership. Mm-hmm you need to break through uh, that myth and go out and have the right conversation in the right setting where people feel safe and open and really encouraged to, to find their own solutions. It's never, it's never let me down when we've done that choice. And you can have fun on Zoom and you can create breakout groups with employees so that they can gripe or they can have the hallway conversations or the cafeteria conversations that they haven't been. So I, I think I would set up Zoom homerooms <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, and uh, yeah, I think I would to say, just come yeah. together. And, and because the best ideas came out of conversations in the hallway and the cafeteria for me. So don't underestimate the connection that's possible on Zoom. You know, you, you've mentioned in the past that given today's workforce, today's business environment, leadership really needs to skip two generations yeah. of learning to reinvent themselves yeah. in the role. I think that's kind of the foundation of our conversation today, where uh, being at the tails of a continuum and staying there uh, in a rigid way just isn't going to work. And it's, it's like Jim Collins, uh, you know, the, the, the yeah. genius of 
and uh, versus or, uh, yeah. you know, it's not or, it's really and uh, in terms of uh, how you show up. And for leaders, you're a mess too. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I find that uh, that hit me right between right. the eyes. Yeah. Um, because I've, you know, I've, I've gone into a little bit of a victim. What about me? Yeah. Um, I mean, I usually can snap out of it, but let's, I'll be honest, I get there. Okay. Can I add one more? I want you to add two more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, well, it goes back to our what if. Assume the, the literal building is irrelevant to creating the core of the engine of hard work and enthusiasm for your company. The building is not at the center. Mm. It's a real shift. Even as I yeah. said it. Yeah, I, there's a, we, we could do a whole podcast on that. Uh, uh, and maybe we will. So, okay. You do. I, I'm going to. Oh, dang you. Um, yeah, dang you back. <laughs> you do one. I'll try to. Um, come on, people out there. Send us the one you're thinking send of. Send us. Yeah, well, to me, I'm still left with. Uh, the, the need, the demand to be flexible. So, you know, it, it's really um, a paradox to me that oftentimes we want consistency and we want uh, rigidity and we want, uh, you know, what you can count on people to show up for. And those are all good, but they can also be bad when uh, uh, flexibility is needed. So I'd leave thinking that being quick on your feet, adaptable, uh, and flexible is uh, the key to, to success. And here's my last. At the end of the day or the beginning of the day, take your chaos-filled basket, do a brain dump, <laughs> and put everything on stickums or however you want to do it of what's driving you crazy that you need to do that you haven't done, and see it. Look yeah. at it prioritize it, and then pick the top five for the day and throw the other stickums away. I'm going to leave it there. That's yeah, me too. brilliant. Okay. Till the next time, everyone. Get a bowl of Be popcorn. Safe. And my last piece of advice is enjoy your popcorn. Oh, yay. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.